Hey, folks, thanks for listening today. Uh, I'm extremely, extremely excited to have Michael Chernow on the phone. Um, Michael's in New York. He is uh, very successful in many endeavors. Uh, he's been in the business for a long time. He's a co-founder of the Meatball Shop, uh, which has six locations. He started a, a very popular seafood restaurant last year called Seymour's, um, which is uh, open in New York as well. He's co-founder of Well Well, which is an organic wellness drink. He's host of Food Porn, uh, TV show on A&E. So he's an extremely busy guy, and he was really nice to take some time to talk to us today. So, Michael, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. And thanks for that kind and generous in, in intro. <laughs> oh, you're the man. I mean, you, you're doing so much. So, I mean, I, I want to ask how you're able to balance all that. But let me ask you this. Um, so just kind of going back to getting started in the business, um, I'm just curious. I mean, you've done so much in the restaurant industry um you've done so many things now but what what lit the fire what got you started in this business years ago can you can you repeat that one, one second yeah i was just curious what what sort of lit your fire to get started in the restaurant business years ago you know when i was a kid uh i grew up in manhattan and uh i wanted money in my pocket my parents didn't have a, a ton of cash so in order to have a five dollar bill in my pocket at all times i needed a job and uh, when I was 13 years old, the only place that would hire me was a restaurant. Um, and so luckily, I kind of just fell into it. Uh, but but very quickly thereafter, I, I found out that I was more passionate about people, hospitality, and food than anything else. And, uh, and, and really, my passion resides in people. And the best way to sort of feed that passion is to surround, to surround myself with people all the time. So that's ultimately what I, what I set out to do. And... Uh, you know, I just, I, I really just sort of followed my passion, followed my dream, and ended up uh, really creating a, a life beyond my wildest dreams through uh, through luck and hard work. Luck and hard work, man, I hear you. Well, uh, I tell you what, it's funny, you're the second successful owner in a row that I've spoken to that started at 13, um, and you're the second one that said it's all about people. So um, why is that? I mean, the restaurant business, to many people, it's it's about food. Uh, but so many people I talk to say it's about people. Tell me more about that, man. Like, what what is it about the people in the business that really makes you excited and keeps you engaged and um, working so hard in something that is a, a really tough business? Well, if you think about it logistically, without the people, the food doesn't matter. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's really a people it's a people business, and um, uh, internally and externally. You know, it's uh, you can have amazing food, but uh, but but not the right people sort of behind it or serving it, and it doesn't resonate. And so for me, you know, when I talk about people, I really I talk about people as a whole. But but ultimately, my real pride and passion is is in the people that work with me. Uh, I put them before everyone and anyone outside of my wife and my son. And uh, you know, I believe that if you if you put all your all your blood, sweat, and tears into your staff and into the people that, that, that make everything sort of, you know, run like a well-oiled machine, everything else will fall into place. And so the people are the most important piece of the business, you know, and in order to grow a business in, in the restaurant industry, I sort of break it down like this. If you have a retail concept, like a, a retail store, a clothing store, a guest walks in the door, maybe there's a security guard, maybe there's not. You got one or two people walking around the floor trying to sell product. You got one or two cashiers in the restaurant business. Somebody walks through the door, there's a host at the door, there's a manager on the floor, there's a bartender, there's five servers, four bussers, 
somebody at the takeout station, six cooks in the kitchen, five cooks downstairs prepping. And for that same $60 transaction, which you would, which, which needs about four people in a retail store, needs about 16 people, 18 people in a restaurant. So you got to understand that the amount of people that it takes for the same $60 transaction is, 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 is huge. And, uh, and being able to keep all those people happy and excited and, and pumped to work is, uh, is, is, a, is a full-time job. <laughs> and I love it. And that's, the, and that's the part that I love most is that I can literally be at the, at the helm of a group of people that are excited to be where they are. The instant gratification is, is truly incredible if you do the right thing. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's the closest thing to the military, a restaurant. You know, you, you get, hmm. you, every day is a new battle, a new challenge. You've got a lot of people that are doing different jobs. Everybody has a protocol. And, you know, if everybody works, works well and does what they're supposed to do, you, you win. And, uh, and that's, that's just the way I look at it. This is an incredible, it's incredible, uh, incredible business. Well, and you've, uh, you've certainly give, given opportunities uh, to lots of people um, with all the business that you've done in the last, uh, over your career in the, in the industry, but you guys, um, I want to get the meatball shop real quick. You all, you and, uh, Daniel Holzman, uh, started the meatball shop in 2010, if I remember correctly. And within a few years you had six locations and, um, which was pretty quick growth. Um, what did you learn through that process? Um, I think, you know, I, I sort of highlighted one thing that I've learned was that, you know, if you, the, the team is the most important piece of the puzzle. And you take your eyes off the team and, uh, you know, not not in a trust capacity. I mean, you take your eyes off of off of giving them your all, you know, like once you check, once you as the operator starts to check out because things get rough and tumble, uh, the team check, checks out. So, it's you know, the team is, 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 is such an important element, it's probably the most important element in, in growing a restaurant group. Um, but, but ultimately the other, the other sort of piece of the puzzle that I've learned was that you can't be good at everything and you shouldn't be good at everything. You shouldn't try to be good at everything. You know, finding the smartest people around to help, help you grow people that are smarter than you, um, and having, and having a, you know, really sort of understand and appreciate that taking any sort of pride and ego off the table and, and learning from your, from your team is, is, is probably, if not the most uh, sort of eye-opening, uh, valuable experience I've had, uh, you know, damn near close to it. It's, uh, you know, hiring, hiring better people, smarter people than you is really sort of where it's at. And, uh, and, and with those two things, investing in your team and hiring really smart people, um, you know, I feel like you have a good chance at it. You know, the, the, the success rate in restaurants is, as we know, is, 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 uh, is, is slim and, and margins are very, very slim. And so, you know, just, just trying to, trying to learn from, from the, the, the folks that have done it before me is, is really sort of a, where I, where I've, 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 I've found the most success and, um, yeah. And that's sort of where I do. I, I try to hire up and, and support my team in the best possible way I can and not try to do everything. You know, if I, if I'm not great with numbers, well, let me, let me go out there and try to find the guy that is great at numbers or the gal that is great at numbers. If I'm not great at ops, well, hell, let me go out there and find the greatest ops guy. And, uh, and you know, you get a great team of people together that are, that are experts in their own, in their own sort of uh, category and you can really make things happen. Well, let me ask you this. So you, um, you, you are now, you're not involved with running 
the meatball shop anymore, are you? Is that right? Or you're still right. I, I am no longer day to day there. Yeah. Okay. So what? So and you and so but you and Daniel for years, you guys were. I mean, it was, you know, the, everything that I ever saw with the meatball shop was really the two of you. What did you learn about? I mean, what have you learned about partnerships? Because you know, business partnerships in the restaurant industry, as in any business, um, there there are pros and cons, there are ups and downs. What did you learn about the, the great partnerships that you guys had for years? What did you take away from that um, as you've gone into, you know, opening Seymour's? Well, you know, partnerships are really, really tough. Um, they're really tough. And uh, specifically, you know, that, you know, when you got when you got two alphas, uh, it, it's even it's even tougher. And Daniel and I happen to be, you know, two alphas. Um we just think we think very differently, and that's and that's what that was the beauty of of our real sort of day to day partnership was that we thought so differently. You know, he would look at one thing, I would look at the same thing. We would think completely different, um, differently about about that same thing, which is awesome for partnership because you always get to see both sides of the coin. Um, what makes it a challenge is you know coming to coming to decisions, and so you know what I learned was from the very beginning before you get into a partnership or as you're developing the partnership really draw a, a thick line of you know delineating labor delineating who is doing what and sticking to that um because once you start to overlap you know you'll always overlap i mean you know when you're partners you're partners it's always going to be conversations and overlapping but you know if you can try your best to to, to really sort of have a delineation of labor that details who's going to be in charge of what and that and whoever's in charge of that ultimately has the final say on those hold on one second Sorry, I'm outside. Ultimately, uh, has a final say on those specific items. Um, really makes things smoother. You know, the the other piece is is you got to have full and and utter confidence in your partner. You know, if you if you if you don't have full and utter confidence in your partner, it's it's really really difficult to make decisions because if somebody's in charge of, of pulling the trigger on something, but the other person doesn't actually have confidence in that individual, then uh, then you're then you're in, then you're in trouble. So, you know, partnerships, it's one of those things that just really, you know, um, sorry, one second here. Um, I would say partnerships are, are probably, if not the most challenging piece of this business, um, right up there at the top. You know, I, 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 not many business partnerships in the restaurant industry survive for a long period of time, but there there are some great success stories. But the the vast majority of business partnerships tend to fizzle away over time, specifically when money becomes uh, a real a real topic and and or failure becomes a real topic. You know, it's like you don't know what you got until you really succeed or you really fail. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, Daniel and I went through uh, a number of different you know, uh, hills and valleys. And, and we ultimately decided that it didn't need two, two captains to run the ship. And I was real passionate about seafood. So I decided to step away from the day-to-day stuff over there and, and have full confidence and faith in Daniel to run the business. And he's doing a fantastic job at it. It's just great. Um, but yeah, you know, business partnerships are hard. So I would just suggest, uh, and highly recommend having a very, very clear, clear vision of who's doing what. Gotcha, man. So tell me about Seymour's. Um, you started it. You opened last year, uh, and you, you, I think you, you said you were real passionate about seafood. What brought that about, and what's been happening with with the business? 
Uh, Seymour's is kicking butt and taking names, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in New York City, but on Sundays as a kid, I would always go fishing out in Freeport and capture Long Island. Every Sunday, I would get on a party boat with, uh, with friends in my sports sports club, and uh, we would go out there and fish. And, you know, I started looking at the ocean. I started doing some research on the ocean, and I just saw that, that yeah, the ocean is not in a great place. There's, you know, that there's a ton of overfishing. There's unregulated fishing. 90% of the seafood that comes here that, that we eat here in the United States is actually not from the United States. It's shipped from overseas. We don't know what species of fish are coming here because it's all processed when, when, by the time it gets here. And, and so there's just a lot going on in the ocean, um, arguably as bad as what was what's going on. Or, you know, it's gotten a lot better here in the States with, uh, with, with uh, you know, uh, uh, livestock. But, you know, there's there's just a ton of ton of ton of stuff that has to be sorted out with the uh, with the way the fishing industry is 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 uh you know the chain of the supply chain and fishing industry is is regulated. So I decided that I wanted to do a seafood restaurant, and I knew that I couldn't do a regular seafood restaurant. I had to do a seafood restaurant with a mission, seafood restaurant that would allow people to learn about the underutilized species that swim um, local to the waters uh, that we live in and uh, here in New York and, and also that are, that are abundant in, uh, in, in species count. Um, and, and, and it was really all the fish that I grew up fishing, you know, like it, 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 the fish that I grew up fishing are the blackfish and the porgy and the, and the bluefish and the sea bass and the monkfish and the fluke and the flounder and, and the stuff that you don't really see on menus, um, but that happens to be really delicious. And so I, I created a concept based around those species of fish, and and it was a bit of a risk because people are really not familiar with those species. But I decided that it was it was something that I felt passionate enough about to do, and I felt like I had enough momentum behind me with the meatball shop to put it together, and uh, and at least get people there one time. And if I was able to perform and execute on that one on that first time visit, then I had a, a good chance of getting them back in, and uh, and and we did it, and I opened it up, and 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 sure enough, you know we're we're cranking away here. I've got a couple more in the pipeline and, um, yeah, it's really exciting. I think I'm, I'm making a stand for the, for the underdogs, making a stand for the underdog species of fish. And, uh, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, let me ask you this. I read something. Tell me if this is accurate. I think I read that you raised like a million dollars to get it started. You think that your calculations had that leaving you with a hundred grand in working capital when you open your doors, but then your lease was something like thirty percent more expensive than you had calculated. Is that is that accurate? First of all, actually, what happened was, you know, I was looking to raise a million dollars. I ultimately did raise a million dollars, but uh, I knew I knew that I I found this location that I desperately wanted, and I wasn't I wasn't nearly done on my raise, but I just knew that this location was where I had to have the restaurant. So I just threw a hundred grand of my own money down on the lease without raising all the money, without raising about a half of the money, and I just, you know, crossed my fingers and closed my eyes and prayed that I'd get the rest of the money in the bank. And sure enough, you know, I did. <laughs> Thank God. Um, you know, it was, uh, but but it, but it was a risk that I took because I just knew that the location that I had my eyes on was really sort of a pioneering location, and um, you know, it was, uh, I just knew that the, the the restaurant would really thrive there. It'd be a real flagship and. And uh, and I wanted to do it, and I wanted to do it so bad, I just really took the biggest risk that I don't recommend anybody do. But uh, but you know, <laughs> I, I, well, I did it, and it worked. Let's talk about that because you and I have actually talked about lease lease issues before. I mean, would, if you had been advising you, would you have told you to walk away from that lease? If you if you were telling talking to somebody else, or I mean, how do you know? How do you know? You know, hey man, 
this is more than I'm budgeting and more than I want to pay, but it's perfect and I got to do it. What is it just intuition? You know, it's so it's it's interesting. I speak to people that that are 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 part of real estate selection um, in in uh, in the restaurant business, and you know, there are some times where I just walk into a restaurant and I and I walk through the doors or, or of a of a space before it's the restaurant, and I just say, man, you know, this is it. This this is it. You know, this I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But I just I could feel it, and uh, and you know, and so far it's worked out. Um, I don't I you know I I can't explain that sort of sixth sense. Um, I, I you know, but but I get it uh, from from time to time. I see a, I see a million spaces. You know, I, I I pound this pavement in New York City so hard looking for restaurant spaces. It's one of my favorite things to do, and I do it a lot. And uh, and you know, I'd say one out of every twenty or thirty that I see, I, I get that feeling. And, uh, you know, I do a little due diligence on it. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't like walk into neighborhoods that I don't want to have a restaurant in. So I, you know, I, I typically know the neighborhood that I'm, that I'm looking around in, but at the end of the day, like, I just don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. No, I mean, it's a tough one. I was just curious. I mean, it, it really is a, a very challenging, uh, risk in figuring that out is is tough but i'm glad it's worked out so let me ask you this you opened six meatball shop locations in just a few years uh was that the right pace or too fast or what did you learn from that that you'll apply to seymour's um i think that it was yes the right pace i think that you know we could have we could have definitely done things a little differently um you know, I, I think that that quite frankly, I think we could have probably had a, a few more uh, than we have now if we if we would have made a couple of decisions differently. But um, ultimately, the business is in a great position, and uh, you know, and and what I've learned from Seymour's is that, you know, I, I think I, I I personally really enjoy the the creative aspect of this business more, you know, more than than the the cut and paste. Um, I really enjoy the sort of building and creating aspect of it. So what I've learned with Seymour's is I'm not going to do more than three Seymour's in a market. I'm going to keep it to three a market, maybe with one small, one small, uh, like, you know, sort of QSR just to test it out per market, just to see how that feels with, you know, like a spinoff of the concept. But I think anything more than that for me with Seymour's, you know, I just don't. I just don't like the idea of of taking the exclusivity out of a a, bra- a brand. And uh, and 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 it's. I don't mean exclusivity like we're trying to keep it exclusive. I mean the exclusivity of like keeping it limited. You know, one one one. I, I think the, the 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 golden ticket is having an exclusive, totally inclusive brand. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense when you hear it, but but for me it makes a ton of sense. It's trying to keep the brand exclusive and absolutely inclusive so we are here for everybody but we keep it limited so we're they're not on every street corner and uh and that's what i've learned through through the growth of seymour i mean meatball shop and now with now with with uh with seymour's is that you know keep it to three maybe four in a, in a market um you know and 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 then and then take it to another market and and, and just drive that excitement back into the brand and you know get it in front of a, a whole new set of individuals and and that's that's what I'm, I'm most excited about with with Meatball Shop and Seymour's. That's really cool. And I guess with Seymour's, you've got um, big markets all up and down the East Coast. Well, really all over the coast, East Coast, West Coast. I guess that you could you could tap into. Um, are you um, are you are, so you're already look eyeing your 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 growth and 
new locations and yeah i've got a five-year plan locked and loaded <laughs> good year good deal good deal so you, are you raising more money for the business for seymour's yeah yeah absolutely okay good cool um what uh let me ask you this um how do you because i know you you know you've got a young son and a wife and i know you're a very devoted family man and you've got a lot of irons in the fire how do you how do you find that balance that you need to kind of sustain yourself and and uh you know give yourself the opportunity to spend that important time with family while still keeping your eye on the ball at work <laughs> a lot of I think that's the uh, i think that's the uh that's a million dollar question I'm still trying to figure that out, you know. I, I, I really am. I'm still trying to figure that out, you know. I think uh, I've spoken to a lot of individuals that have been doing this for a lot longer than I have, and, and you know, the number one thing they say to me is uh, don't forget about your family. Um, you know, this business makes it real easy to forget about your family. and uh, Or not forget about your family, but, you know, don't you know, it, it, of course, my family is is absolutely my number one priority in life. And so... You know, it's it's really difficult, man. I uh, I hang with my son and my wife in the morning from about 5.30 to about 8.30. I take my son to daycare. Um, and then I don't get to see him. And then I don't get to see him at night. You know, I, I have, I don't get to get, I don't get home before my son goes down at night. And, and it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's the reality of what I do. And, uh, and then I get the weekends because I've been able to give myself the weekends off. So I get the mornings and the weekends and that's sort of, how I've managed it, um, but I, I believe that I've got this five-year plan with Seymour's, and uh, and this five-year plan, I'm going to give it my, I'm going to give it 150,000 percent, and go as hard as I possibly can, and uh, and you know, and and take the temperature in five years and see how how well I've done, and um, you know, my I, I want to be able to, I want to be, I want to be the coach of my my son's sports teams, you know, I, I really want to be, uh, I want to be at dinner every night talking about school, uh, I want to be that dad, I want to be the dad that I didn't have, you know, and so to that that is so important to me, and um, and so I think that you know the more I focus on getting these next five years really sort of in line so that I don't have to be uh you know the sixty eighty hour a week guy anymore, um, that's 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 my goal, that's my plan. Man, I love it, and I'm sure you'll get there when you have such a clear focus and uh, relentlessly pursuing that. Um, that's really cool, Mike. Well, let me ask you, um, what what advice do you give people that come to you and say, "Hey, I, you know, I admire you. I see that you 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 know done a lot of really good things. Uh, I love the business too. I want to get into the business. What what are some of the important pieces of advice you pass along to people that want to em- emulate what you've done? You know, I think uh, the 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 love of the work is is obviously the, the the most crucial. You know, I mean, I'm I, I would I would go as far as say I'm I'm addicted to it. Um, I'm addicted to the to the to the risk factor. I'm addicted to the uh, to the excitement of of, uh, of of giving something a try for the first time. I'm you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm like. I'm one of those guys that sort of just jumps off the cliff first. And so, you know, I, I, I typically say, uh, you know, if, if you're really interested and, and, and it's a business that you've been working in for a long time, you just got to put a business plan together and go at it as hard as you possibly can and put it in front of as many people as you possibly can. And once you get one person to want to, to wanna hop on board with you, 
you got to let go of what, of what of what you're doing because if you're not diving in 100%, it's just not going to happen. And uh, you know, people are, are 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 typically a lot. You know, people talk all the time about, oh, I want to open up a restaurant. Oh, I want I want my own place. Oh, I want to open up a bar. And it's not a talk business; it's a do business. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it's scary taking that risk, but uh, but but you got to get there. And, and the only way you get there is by taking that risk. And then once you've taken that risk, you got to invest money in the right place, which is, uh, in my opinion, today in this super competitive market. Uh, you got to invest in a publicist, and the only thing a public publicist can help you do is to tell your story. So you got to have a story, and you got to have a story that people want to hear and that you know how to tell really well. And so you know it sort of works out that way. You got to make a decision to get to get out to get out of your comfort zone and do it. Once you get out there and do it, you got to get a publicist. Once you get a publicist, you better have a story because uh, that publicist is going to be out there to tell your story, help you tell that story, and hopefully people want to listen. And, uh, you know, I think the business of business is storytelling and relationships. And, um, you know, it's uh, you never know who you're talking to. So treat everybody kindly, treat everybody the same and with passion and, and, and integrity. And, uh, you know, I've had conversations with people. I've no idea who they were. And before I knew it, they were uh, there were people that want to be in business with me and huge assets as I as I grew in my career. So. You know, I really think the biggest piece of this is, is probably the story. We are in the business of telling stories. Uh, you know, uh, Meatball Shop is a story, really cozy, warm, comforting story. And, and Seymour's is sort of like a heroic kind of story that uh, that people get excited to hear. And every time they come into the restaurant, they get a little bit more. They get another chapter of it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I believe in that wholeheartedly. So have a story, know how to tell it, get a publicist to help you. Uh, take the leap of faith because uh, it's definitely uh, – it's one of those things and invest in your team 100% sort of like what we started this conversation out. You know, your team is your number one asset. You put your guests before your team, you're in trouble. Um, you got to put your team first before anything and everything. Um, and, uh, and just keep your eyes on the prize. If, uh, if you, if you worry about your competition too much, it's, it's worrying about what other people got going on as opposed to what you've got going on as well. So, you know, I learned that early on when, when people started to, to sort of take the meatball shop concept and have their own iteration of it, Daniel and I started to worry about the competition and say, oh, no, what if they're going to do it better than us? And what we learned was any minute we spent thinking about the competition was a minute we were not spending thinking about what we're doing well. So, yeah, it's a bunch of advice, hey. but uh, that, that's sort of where it, that's where it goes with me. Hey, man, I share that uh, philosophy wholeheartedly. Well, let me – so because your story is – nobody can replicate your story. Right. I mean, if you're making this investment in story and you believe in the story as much as you do and your team believes in it and from top down, that's a big part of the business and your publicist believes in it. Nobody can replicate your story. I mean, somebody can go try to do something similar to Seymour's, but, you know, they can't replicate the story behind it. So the story is authentic and something that uh, nobody else can do and nobody else can share. So that's right. I mean, uh, authenticity is is something that authenticity is something that you cannot duplicate, right? Like authenticity yeah. is, is, is the exact opposite of, of, of duplication. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it comes from the heart. It comes from the soul. It comes from the gut. And, um, it's really hard to, 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 to copy that, to duplicate that, um, as well as, uh, as well as the original, you know? 
Good stuff, man. Hey, listen, I respect your time a ton, and you've given me half an hour, and I really, really appreciate it, Michael. So um, I'm going to let you roll, and just thank you very, very much. This is fantastic advice. I've really always admired uh, you and the work you do and the passion you put into it and the leadership you bring to your team and what you're doing for the for the industry. So thank you, man, very, very much, and uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Will. Hey, man. All right. Have a good one, Michael. All right. You too. See you.